Hey, I'm Leo. I'm Julia. I'm Lillian. And we're the co-founders of Humans of Minerva. Today celebrates the one-year birthday of the podcast, and we're so incredibly proud of all that we've accomplished. Today, instead of featuring a member of the Minerva community, we're going to flip the script and take a peek behind everything that goes into this podcast. Today, we're going to tell the story of Humans of Minerva. Welcome to Humans of Minerva, a podcast that's usually about all the amazing people out here. If you haven't figured it out already, I'm Leo, and I'm here with Julia and Lily. Can you guys give yourselves a quick introduction? Yeah, hi, I'm Julia. I am from M22. I am Canadian, and I am the co-founder and also a host for the podcast. Hi, I'm Lillian. I'm from Malaysia, also from M22, and the lead editor for the podcast. I'm Leo. I'm in M25. I'm also from Canada, and actually, like Julia, we're both Chinese-Canadian, which is kind of funny. And I'm also a host on the podcast. So just to give a general overview of what the podcast actually looks like, apart from the three of us, we have a total of 13 members currently, which is insane to me. So we have four hosts, five editors, and four people working on marketing. And we're currently spread across four classes, but we're hoping to make that expand in the future. So I want to talk first a little bit about what it was like starting this podcast. I think we all have pretty different experiences and the way this came together, I think was pretty interesting. So Lillian, do you want to tell us what it was like for you? Honestly, I remember that Julia and I were talking about this one summer, something about wanting to like record stories from people, do something to do with like talking to more Minervans and capturing their stories and learning more about super cool stuff that other Minervans were doing. I was really interested personally in just editing podcasts because I found this really cool software that we use called Descript. They automatically transcribe audio for you. So it makes it really easy to actually edit the podcasts. And I really love playing with that. So I wanted to edit purely for the sake of editing. And we wanted to start this sometime in our fourth year. But, you know, it's super busy and (laughs) I don't think that we ever really went for it. And I'm not sure if Julia, you remember the rest, how it actually, like, how you found Leo. Yeah. So that's similar to how I remember as well. I can't believe it's already been a year. That's crazy to me. But I do remember talking to Lillian about it. It's because I, I was interning at Adobe in my third year summer and I was running a podcast at Adobe for interns. And I was like, oh, this is a cool medium. Never done it before. So then I had the idea of like, oh, how about if we record people's stories? But the problem is like, I don't like editing at all. I don't do it. I don't know how to do it. And so Lillian was like, I just want to edit. <laughs> give me something to edit and I was like okay cool but yeah like got really busy in fourth year so didn't really do anything with it until I met you Leo because I think Minerva started a mentoring thing and I got matched with you to be your mentor and then we were just like talking in one of our like first conversations 
And what caught my eye when they gave us the list of mentees to choose from was that you had a very similar project that you're working on, which is like recording people's stories, which I think you were already doing in the res hall and just like kind of asking people. I mean, you had some audio from that already. And I was like, wow, perfect, same interest. And I want to do the same thing. I think that's what kind of catalyzed it was like between me and Lillian, we were like really busy in fourth year trying to finish up Capstone and all that. But then after knowing that you wanted to also do it too, I think that gave us the extra push needed to actually make it happen or try to make something happen. And since you already had audio, it was perfect. So Lillian could have something to play with. So that's how I think it started. We didn't actually launch our first episode until really late, like April, I think, oh, yeah. of last year. So me and Lillian were basically almost graduated already, but I'm glad we got it out there and we're still still doing it as alumni. So, But definitely having someone current at Minerva was key and like someone younger to, to push us was good. But yeah, how about you, Leo? How, I, I want to hear your version of, of the story. Well, I think it was very similar because I also had this idea, right? And so, so I had recorded it with some people. I, I sat down and I had these amazing conversations, but they were like an hour and a half long and these could have gone on for two hours. And, but there was no, there, there, there wasn't really a structure to it and it was messy and it was, I had no idea how I was going to edit an hour and a half of audio. I was, mm -hmm. I was using Audacity at the, in the beginning where I have to like listen through everything and then manually like scrub out. And it, I tried to edit one and I like gave up halfway. So I was all over the place and I didn't like know where to publish it. I didn't know how to market or anything. So I was just doing it for the sake of trying to create something. And then Julia, I met you and you were super organized and you, you really have your shit together. And that, I think, for me is what made it happen, because I think I had this enthusiasm for it, but I didn't really know how to make, make it work. But motivation-wise, it was also like, I came into my first year and I met all these amazing people in San Francisco. And I realized, wow, there's 200 of these really, really interesting people. And you get to interact with them and you see them in the halls, but it's a lot more difficult to actually get to know somebody because you actually have to sit down and you have to like find the time. You have to actually talk about topics that you wouldn't, you know, greet someone with. And so it was really an excuse for me to just get to know some really cool people and in the process also share their stories with the rest of the world. Yeah, and I'm glad we made it happen. I feel like it was like you had the audio Lillian wanted to edit and I kind of just like organizing stuff. So <laughs> it all worked out <laughs> in the end. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm a product editor. <laughs> but also I think after we started, we grew our team pretty fast. I think that showed just how much other people also felt like this was a good idea and wanted to also do this as well because I know when we started asking for nominations, other people were like, oh, I also had this idea too. So I'm glad that we finally had an outlet for it. Yeah, and I will say like, I remember Julia was telling me, I have a friend who actually enjoys editing. It's like, <laughs> who is this person? I know, I'm like, who enjoys perfect. editing? I don't know. It is such a good software to edit with, but I will say that in the beginning, 
it is quite time consuming and it's only because like i finished yeah. my capstone like sort of early and was like trying to distract myself from looking for a job by doing other things <laughs> and so actually like editing every episode took quite a while like maybe six hours i'm not actually even sure it just took like, a really long time and i was the only one editing like over time as you get better at editing it does become much faster and you know what to look out for but definitely really grateful to have more people helping otherwise like right now when yeah. i'm much more busy it's much harder to find the time to sit down and edit even though i still like editing it's just time consuming how long would you say it takes you now? So you said it'd be like six or something plus hours before the first episode. How long would it take you now? I still think it takes me like three to four. If the audio is really good, maybe it only takes me two. But sometimes when you have to splice things together or when the episodes are longer and you have to figure out which parts to cut, it can take four hours, five hours sometimes per episode. <laughs> Yeah, so much love to our editors. <laughs> so much love. <laughs> Do you guys remember any particular difficulties in setting all of this up or some, some moments where you were like, maybe this wasn't the greatest choice to sign up for <laughs> spend six hours editing one episode? I mean, for me, that was definitely a tough one, <laughs> especially after I got a job and I was starting to move around. Like right now, I've been moving around a lot. I've not really found my stability yet. I just moved to London. I'm looking for a place to stay. But I think other than that, one slightly disheartening part was seeing the number of listeners that we had like in the very beginning, just because it took so much effort and we didn't really have as much time to put into marketing as well. But it felt like, oh, okay, now we have material that we can actually market. So we can actually focus on the marketing part now. Yeah, I would say starting was definitely the hardest. In the early days when we all had to do a lot more because it was just the three of us, like we had to host everything between me and Leo. Lillian had to edit everything, which was crazy. We met like every single week for, I want to say like a month or two at the very beginning just to get it started and just to figure out like, okay, how do we get funding? How do we become a student initiative? And all that kind of stuff we have to do on top of trying to finish and graduate Minerva. That was, it was a lot. It was definitely a passion project, though, so it didn't seem like that much work for me, at least. But it was definitely, like, figuring out the cadence of how we work together and then how to make it sustainable. I'd say that was is probably the hardest part. And what I'm nervous about right now a little bit also is the sustainability aspect. So we've tried to build it in so that we have representation from different classes. I know we'll get into this a little later, but that sustainability to me is always really tricky when setting anything up especially at Minerva because there's so little cross-class connection right and if you think about it other universities how clubs stay clubs is through you know cross-class connection having multiple classes involved and then having a good pipeline of people going in joining the club and then alumni funding the clubs and stuff like that. So figuring that out, I think, is also a big challenge. So I guess the start and then right now where we're kind of like trying to figure out how to become more sustainable. I, I, I will say that what you were just talking about, Julia, with setting everything up and the initial starting process where we had to meet so much and to figure so many things out, I thought that was one of the most fun parts for me. Just because... <laughs> It was really the first time that I'd done something like this. And 
I've always had these ambitions to create projects of, of my own and create like initiatives, but I'd never really done it until Humans of Minerva. And to have you there who's a lot, lot better at this than I was, um, I felt like I was learning so much and everything was new and that was just really fun. So yeah, it's like, it was a passion project and it, it was lots of work, but it didn't feel like it because it was just so fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was fun to put together. <laughs> All right. And looking at today and how far we've come, is this what you think you imagined Humans of Minerva would become? I'm just curious, as we all started with like slightly different ideas of what this podcast would be. And I know we had a lot of conversations at the beginning of like, oh, what do we want this to evolve into? So now we're one year in. Curious. Is this what you imagined? <laughs> hmm. I think we've been becoming more and more ambitious throughout our planning meetings each time. As we have a bigger team, as we see things actually get published every week, or we had a little stint where it was twice a week. And especially now with like gatherings, I think it's much becoming more than what I thought because running a podcast is kind of hard because it's a lot of effort that has to be put into it, not just from reaching out to guests and editing the podcast in itself and the marketing, but also having a schedule and I think that helps that Julia is super organized <laughs> yeah. yeah so I did say this is pretty much like what I imagined humans of Minerva to be but gatherings I feel has the potential to be a lot more than what we ever thought of I would agree I think I didn't really think about the gatherings aspect of it until I guess recently like this this past couple of months when we started it but this podcast is definitely I'm very glad that we're still alive that was my biggest concern when we first started I know we were talking about like should we release an episode like once a month or like once every other week but then somehow we managed to maintain once a week and then for the last little bit um the last couple months we were starting to do twice a week as well trying to get as many stories told and I'm just so impressed by how self-sufficient our team has become as well we only meet once a month ish and we have <laughs> enough people and to get what we need to get done there definitely have been times when things don't always work out and someone forgets about an episode or something and that will always happen but overall I'm pretty impressed with how many people we have involved now and also how little work each of us individually has to do now compared to at the very beginning. It's just interesting to see how it scales. Because I remember working a couple hours a week on the podcast when we first started, but now it's maybe like a couple hours a month and we're still able to release episodes once a week, which is just like so cool to me. And having Katavina doing marketing and Nastia, that was also like a huge <laughs> lift. Because I had to like post everything at the very beginning and that was very time consuming. So I'm doing a little bit of work. I think it's it's pretty cool to see how our team has has grown. And gatherings definitely is completely was not in scope at the very beginning. And now it's cool to see where that might go as well. Yeah. I think one thing that has really surprised me was that we do have 13 people on the team. And I was thinking about this other day when we were preparing the script we have 13 people working on this and for me because initially it was just I was at home during winter break and I was like it'd be cool to do this just for fun 
And now there's a whole <laughs> team and we have a whole system set up. So in, in that way, it was, I would never expect this to have happened. But, but at the same time, it's also become more or less what I, I guess, set out that I, I wanted to do in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. we're telling stories and we're getting people connected and we're trying to connect the, the Minerva community. So I'm, I'm very happy with <laughs> where we are now. Mm-hmm. So with where we are now, what's your guys' favorite and least favorite parts of working on the team? I definitely say favorite is just how many people we have in different classes. I think everyone on the team is super enthusiastic about the podcast. Everyone is trying their best to to contribute. And I just feel like every single person on our team is just like such a great individual. Whenever we have team calls, it's like there's always someone who wants to add something. It's very creative and has lots of ideas, which I like. My least favorite part is also... We have a lot of people in a lot of different time zones now. And recently it's gotten so, so difficult to schedule meetings. We used to have one all hands meetings every every month, but and that's partly to build feeling of being a team, but it's just so hard. Like there is literally no no one time <laughs> that we could all meet together. Like even between me, Lillian, and Leo right now for the listeners, it is currently 1 a.m. right now for me. It's afternoon for Leo and it's like super early in the morning for Lillian because I'm in San Jose, Lillian's in London, Leo's in India. So like even between the three of us, it's like so crazy to try to find time. And so I guess for me, like one of the biggest challenges for working with this team is I want our team to feel like we are a team, but it's hard to build that sense of team when we're in all different parts of the world, and it's really hard to meet together. So that, I mean, I guess that's a difficulty with any SI and why it's so hard to make clubs sustainable at Minerva. But that's definitely, a, I guess, the biggest challenge. Yeah, I would pretty much agree with what you said. Even though it's like once a month, <laughs> it's tough to find a time, especially if you just so happen to not be able to make it. It's the next month before yeah. you can meet with everybody at the same time again. Yeah, and, and I think... Well, I haven't seen the two of you in like, I don't know, I want to say like a while, <laughs> months or something. Because We've never met you in person. I've never met you in person. No. Wait, wow. I don't weird. think I've met you in person either. Have I? No, I haven't. No. I don't, I don't no, think I have. We, we have. The two of you have met in person, but. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, we were in the same class. Of course we met. I've met, I've met the M26s in person. Because they're in SF right now, so it's super easy for me to to see them. But I haven't met anyone else on the team in person. It's all been remote. It's kind of crazy. I think that's going to be really strange. Because I feel like I've got to know you in a very weird, unique, in a unique way. And so when we meet, I don't know what to expect. It's like... Like, there's many things I didn't realize, but like so much I feel like I already know. Yeah, so what have you guys learned from starting the podcast so far? Have you had any takeaways and things you found useful for other things you're doing in life? I think it is... In many ways, it was like a 
Oh, what's the word? Like a, like a marker? No, like a, like a changing point. There's a word for that. Wow, that's dramatic. A pivotal a, moment in your life. <laughs> that's pivotal moment, but less dramatic. Someone a little <laughs> I, I hope people know what I'm talking about. But like I said, it's the first thing I, I think I really created or that I felt like I was really creating it. I think it's sort of given me more confidence to actually go and start projects on my own because I came into Minerva and I saw all these people who had done things by themselves or at least started these amazing initiatives. And it's like, I really want to do that too, but I don't feel like I have yet. And this was a way for me to sort of start doing that. And working with the two of you taught me so much about what it actually means to start something and how you do it and what it feels like it how to work on a team like this. So I, I think it's really changed how I view what I can do when I have an idea and actually acting on it. Yeah. And I think the hard part about this, Julia mentioned in the start, is the sustainability aspect. Trying to create systems and structures that make this podcast last. I think it's also something I'm learning from my current work, where we're just trying to really build something that's bigger than us. And it's often hard. I feel like the challenge with this podcast is the editing time doesn't really get much shorter. And I've been thinking of ways to cut down this time because I feel like a huge bottleneck. But honestly, some software engineer or tech person needs to come up with an AI to do this. Wow. <laughs> a plug-in for Adobe Podcast. I think actually launched just very recently. <laughs> And so I definitely want to play around with that to see how it is, but it has very similar functionality to Descript, but add in AI and add in natural like voice enhancement and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like tools are starting to improve. So I don't know, maybe we could, once that is officially out, we could play around with that. That would be so nice. <laughs> or maybe yeah. GPT-4 might be able to do something. I'm pretty curious. Ooh. Yeah, that's true. It is out now. <laughs> yeah, I'd say in terms of learning, this is also, I feel like the first time I've taken the initiative to do something like this large at Minerva. And I think part of it, I guess the new thing was building this team and definitely taking away things to look for when we're recruiting people to our team. And that the same concepts also apply to other things that I'm trying to recruit for as well. I think just going through that process and understanding how do we motivate our team? How do we keep our team moving? How do we keep things moving? That's something that recently I think has been more challenging and that I'm definitely learning from because it's cool that all three of us have taken kind of like a leadership role in creating this podcast so we have that kind of role of making sure people feel like they're able to do their work on the podcast and that they're supported on the podcast and trying to get buy-in from everyone to continue <laughs> working on this. So that's been an interesting thing to navigate so far. But overall, it's just been fun. I've learned so much from all the episodes I've hosted, from all the different Minervans that I've, I've spoken to. Some of my classmates, I didn't even know they did half the things that they did. And it's just so cool to hear their stories. So that's the fun part. It's always fun for me to host. I would do it anyways if I 
wasn't on this podcast. Because <laughs> yeah, it's just it's fun. So we're 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 one years old, which is really cool. But I think we still have a lot more ahead of us. So I want to talk a little about what we have in store for the future of the podcast. So for each of you individually, how do you guys see yourselves being involved with the podcast within the future? I still feel like editing. I think it is actually pretty therapeutic just because it is fairly <laughs> repetitive. And it's also really nice to hear people's stories on the uncut version. But I do think that my goal will be to like try to cut this process down in terms of time. Because otherwise, I just think it's not super sustainable in the long run, mm-hmm. especially if you want to release more episodes. So I think making that shorter and also trying to plan the gatherings in London. Not sure how that's going to turn out. That would be fun. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, that's like a thing. When I find a bit more time, I really hope to actually get that running. As for me, I, I don't think I have big changes in life. I think I'm, I, I really enjoy what we're doing. And I'm just excited to continue being a part of this. Do you see yourself continuing to like build this team and build this podcast throughout Minerva, like the rest of Minerva and beyond? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. That's good to know because that's good for sustainability. <laughs> I would say I think the work we do is continuously exciting and it's always exciting to find new things to do so as long as we do that I'm always happy to continue with this team and so I'm not planning to leave anytime soon like I think we're just getting started in terms of like we have the podcast piece in place now we're growing gatherings humans of Minerva is no longer just a podcast it's a whole organization that has different arms and I think it's just so exciting to think about what the future of this could be and I'm not going to stop until it's built out to the fullest extent that it could be which I think is going to be like never right so (laughs) there's always going to be new stuff to build so it'll be cool to see how this evolves. But in terms of the podcast, do we want to talk about what's coming? We've been talking about gatherings the whole time, but I don't think we've properly explained what that is. So I think some people might be actually a little confused. Do we want to explain? Yeah, sure. So earlier last fall, our team had a discussion of it's great that we have this podcast where we can It acts as a cross-class connector, but it's virtual. We were discussing how an in-person component could be a really good complement to it because in-person connection is just, it's uncomparable to virtual connections. So our team had the idea of hosting these cross-class gatherings that would essentially help to facilitate in-person cross-class connection through meaningful conversation at intentional gatherings. So still conversation-based and still... Um, you know, people being vulnerable, sharing their stories, just like how they were on podcasts, but in person. And so I also got randomly inspired at work because we were required to read The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. And I just fell in love with the concept of gatherings and how we meet and why we meet. And I was like, we should do this. How can I do this in my life? And then I was like, well, we already have Humans of Minerva. Why don't we just try it there? So that's how Humans of Minerva Gatherings was born. And that concept was born. So we actually got our whole team, the book, and our whole team reads it. And so we 
wanted to test out and pilot the concept of having in-person gatherings centered around meaningful conversation this semester. So the spring semester of 2023. So our first one actually just happened and it kind of marked our one year anniversary as well. So we held it in San Francisco and the theme was vulnerability. And we piloted a new format for a gathering called 15 Toasts which is based off of a concept in Priya Parker's book. So essentially we had around 15 guests. I think we had 18 actually gathered around an intimate dinner where each class, each guest gave a two minute story and then a toast to learning about it from learning about it framed around vulnerability. And I was super nervous for how that would actually go. Cause on the surface, it sounds like, okay, how's it going to go? Like people are just going to like stand up and give a toast throughout the dinner but somehow it worked out really well people had amazing stories it was a mixture of people who were super prepared and had something written down and a mixture of people who kind of just thought of stuff on the fly but both were really good and just the entire vibe of the night was amazing so I'm super excited for more of these to happen and we definitely want to do more try different formats of gatherings and also try 15 toasts again with different themes around the world so I don't know, William might be hosting one in London soon. But speaking about that, so now that we are opening up like a gathering farm, we are taking also people who would like to host more gatherings. Definitely join our team. We'll throw a link in the description for <laughs> our interest for. <laughs> but I did also want to mention as we close this episode too, that we asked the Nervins before the gathering to share a secret anonymous, anonymously and put it into a secret box. And an activity we did at the gathering is each guest wrote a secret anonymously, put it in the box, and also read a random secret out loud. So thank you to all of the team members, guests, and listeners for sharing your stories and being super vulnerable with us. We are so fortunate to have had the chance to capture all of these stories, and we really can't wait to hear more. To close off this special episode, we're going to be sharing these secrets with you. But a warning in advance, some of them do touch on sensitive topics, so please be advised. We hope you enjoy. This is vulnerability, secrets, gatherings. Okay, my best friend in the world is my dad. I didn't have a lot of friends for a lot of my upbringing growing up, and so I'm close to my dad. Probably shouldn't be ashamed of it, but here we are. I see confident and sure of myself, but I'm always panicking about whether I'd be trusting or funny. I'm afraid I'll always be unlovable because I haven't had my first love yet. I love to be flirtatious, but in a non-emotional way. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I am really insecure about my art, although people say they like it. I have nightmares about Falling accidentally pregnant, even though I have sex. I'm still not over my 10th grade crush, who never liked me back. I don't think I'll ever find someone better than them. I hate their new love interests, and I wish it was me instead. I am in constant fear that my relationships are not as strong as I think they are. When I was a kid, I used to drive an imaginary car. I would borrow in mom's three equipment for the steering wheel and would use shoes as gas brakes and pedals. Twist. I was this kid 
until I was probably 14. I love to steal weed from boys at the club. It fuels me, especially ugly guy. Sorry. Not smiling, please. Even though I know he's an absolutely toxic person for me, I still wish there was a way we could still be friends with my best friend. I still can't process that the good and bad memories are with the same person. My new habit since coming to Osa is literally saying I'm true. I'm not the best person to ask about mental health. I have tried killing myself way too many times. I don't think we have much in common and I don't think we're actually good friends for each other. I'm insecure about what someone thinks of me even though we, we never date. I met my soulmate while dating someone else. Although I told you that I regret what happened, I never actually regretted my decision that night. I'm sorry that I still haven't told you the full story, but I think that is the best for the both of us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and automatically get notified about new episodes on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at humansofanerva.podcast for the latest updates about the podcast as well as gatherings. Finally, special thanks to Lillian for editing this episode. Thanks for listening to Humans of Minerva.